Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWash. In collaboration with Lansing Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cuts Corner. Today I'm joined in studio with Coach Boyer and special guest Woody Willard. Woody is the adult sports coordinator for the city of Lansing. Coach Boyer's rocking the Chicago Bulls championship hat. Big basketball fan, right? Oh yeah, big basketball fan. Go and, Bulls. And Woody's got the Kentucky blue on. What's, what's the story behind that? So I grew up on DePaul and Kentucky basketball. My dad was a uh, Division One basketball ref for over 30 years. And though he never um, refereed Kentucky, those were the two schools that I grew up on. How did he get to become a Division One referee? <laughs> Funny that you should mention. He, uh, he got ejected a number of times in rec leagues uh, <laughs> because of the quality of the officiating. Yeah. And the director at the time says, if you think you can if do you, better, you should. That still applies today, right? It certainly does. <laughs> so he got involved at the high school level and moved his way up really quickly. So in, in the end, he was a... Um, uh, uh, Mid-American Conference uh, crew chief okay. uh, of three, but he did non-conference yeah. um, division mm -hmm. one for other conferences. Ooh. So as I said, you're the adult sports coordinator for the city of Lansing. What exactly does that mean and what's your day job look like? Yeah. So, all right, fellas, I'm just getting back from a week's long worth of vacation. Oh, feel sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the head is still swimming. So I did prepare some notes. So as the adult sports coordinator, uh, well, let's talk about the fall season. Right now I've got uh, co-ed softball running three nights a week. I've got men's 50-plus baseball, men's 30-plus baseball um, coming to a close. Yep. Uh, I've got uh, fall adult tennis for men's and women's. Uh, in the wintertime, we run uh, women's and co-ed volleyball leagues. Uh, I run a youth program, uh, Girls Red Cedar Volleyball, for grades 4 through 6. I also coach. I'm in that program. Volleyball, correct? Volleyball, yeah. yep. And then uh, I'm trying to get men's 50-plus basketball back up off the ground. It hasn't come back uh, mm -hmm. since COVID, and working hard to try to get that back. Where was that played at? At Geyer. Okay. Yep, yep, how, where I am located. How in, about just a men's basketball league? I'll join. <laughs> there you I go. I still play. There you go. Uh, in the spring and summertime, uh, that is the busiest time of the year for me. I've got... Um, adult softball running four nights a week. I've got okay. men's 40 plus yeah. baseball uh, running three nights a week and some weekends. Uh, I run a senior 70 plus softball league that plays Wednesday mornings. Uh, I run a girls high school fast pitch league three nights a week at Ranny. And uh, again, adult tennis for men and women uh, that typically runs mm -hmm. two nights a week. Do you sleep? It depends on the weather. <laughs> because I'm constantly watching that. Do you have a weather app that you turn to? Or? Uh, I use weather.com. Lately, I had okay. to use uh, airnow.gov because of the air quality issues in the yes. summertime. We actually shut down um, some some nights because of okay. air quality. Hmm. Okay. So. Do you find the weather app being fairly accurate? I, this is Michigan. And like Colorado, uh, we're the only states where you can get all four seasons in the same day. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think in the time that I've known you, you haven't been afraid to get your hands dirty. Where, where does that come from? Uh, that is for my customers. That's for the players. Um, they want to play. And oftentimes, Mother Nature, who really does not like me, um, I'm sad to even say that on air publicly because it just means it's, she's not going to like me that much more. Um, it comes from you never know when. You know, it could be a, a, a 20% forecast of rain, but there's this little pocket sitting over Muni that just gets dumped yeah. on. And you yeah. never know when that's going to happen. So, yeah, I, um, if the opportunity and the need is there, I'm absolutely going to pitch in and, and help get a field ready. What's some of your bigger challenges with your position? Is it is it the weather? Is it the, you know, the amount of people that are participating? Is it is it umpires? You know, what are some of the bigger things that you really have to work through on a, you know, through a season yeah staff weather is always going to be an issue and yeah. that's something that i can't control um i'll give you a perfect case in point in 2015 i believe it was the third rainiest summer in uh, michigan history we had uh nearly 300 rainouts between all the programs oh, from so. so that would be from end of april through end yeah. of october well every time you have a rainout, you have a reschedule which means you got staffing, which means you, and then it could rain out again. Um, so uh, I have a great set of umpires. I have a great set of scorekeepers. We're always looking for more. Okay. Um, uh, so lately, one of our challenges has actually been hiring. Um, in years past, we might get 60 candidates applying for a sports official position to be a scorekeeper or a youth sports um, official. All of my adult um, officials are at a minimum high school certified mm -hmm. um, for the programs. Yeah. Um, and I use assigners um, for some of those programs yeah. as well. Uh, so staffing levels uh, are not the same as what um, it was prior to COVID. What about participation levels post-COVID? Participation levels, I'm sad to say, is is down. It's down across the nation, mm -hmm. both youth and yeah. adult. It's not like the heyday when you and I played. Mm -hmm. um, it's not... Uh, uh, it, yeah, it's just not, it, it's not the same, you know, but we're still going to put on a good product. So the people that are playing, um, you know, we want to make sure that the fields are good. We want to make sure that, um, people are having fun. Everybody likes to win. Sure. You know, and all. So weather is a big challenge. Um, sometimes finding, uh, staff that, you know, so I'm not double booking them is a challenge. Yes. Um, sometimes, you know, it can get fun doing creative rules interpretation, um, and, and explaining that as such. Um, but you, you mentioned when you and I played, well, I've heard stories that you're still playing. So <laughs> so, is, would that, you like to expand upon that? Yeah. So I, uh, I started a 50 and over baseball league a couple of years back. Okay. And we had a, uh, we had a scorekeeper, uh, who is, is, he's legendary, um, with, uh, recreational baseball with, um, both as a manager and as a scorekeeper for Lansing Parks and Rec. His name is Bob Kramer. Okay. And I always told Bob that if I ever came out of retirement, because baseball is my first love, uh, if I ever came out of retirement, I'd want to play for him. Well, sadly, he passed away a number of years ago. Um, his teams continued to play. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't have a 50-plus team this year for him to be able to mm -hmm. go play for yeah. and then i got to talking with some of the guys around the league and was reminded you know kramer would tell you right now 
just go play. Uh, and so glad that I did. Absolutely so glad that I did. What was the, besides being glad that you did, did you uh, experience any difficulties with, <laughs> with playing? Let's just put it this way. I'm on a first name basis with everybody at Dunham's and Frandor <laughs> because the day after a game, I was going in for something new compression wise. Um, I was ill prepared for the places that I hurt. Um, Interesting. That, it was absolutely worth it. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent. I hadn't played baseball since I was 17 years old. Ooh. I'm 57. It's just like riding a bike, 40. Though, right? Uh-huh. You would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Our relationship began, I, I, I was looking back through the archives a little bit. Our relationship began in March of 2022. Yeah. And know oh, how it's grown since then. I think you initially had some reservations, and I certainly had reservations too. Um, do you do you remember when we first met? I remember it perfectly. <laughs> That's um, incredible, really. So I remember a couple of things. Um, I remember when our director first approached us about yeah. um, LCC mo- moving um, to Kircher uh, as a home field. I had the lens of a sports coordinator on. So I start thinking about things like field utilization, over usage, who has priority, scheduling. Um, You know, our our programs are dynamic enough, uh, especially with men's baseball. You fit rain makeups in wherever you can. Softball is a little different. If you play on a Tuesday night league, you're only going to have a rain makeup on a Tuesday night because typically they're playing elsewhere, um, you know, in in my leagues as well. So. You know, again, it became a priority thing. And I'll be honest with you, you have Ronnie Niesel um, to thank. Mm -hmm. Because as I started talking to some of the members of the Baseball Advisory Board, um, Ronnie in particular, and then others that play in the leagues, I was told in in very, how do I want to say this, in politically correct terms, I'd be foolish not to consider you guys moving. And as he and I talked more, he helped me see a different lens the lens of what that field would do for LCC, both from a recruiting perspective, from a playing perspective, from a host of different things. And even though I can have the blinders on, um, when my customers start telling me certain things, especially ones, you know, that I, I listen to and value their input. Well, I listen more carefully. Um, and then we met with Brett and Greg, Yes. Uh, on a morning. And I distinctly remember coming in to talk about you guys moving. And yeah. I distinctly remember um, a moment where I started the meeting with, I got to tell you, I'm excited about this opportunity. And there was a little bit of pushback that said, huh, that's not basically what you said, you know, prior. But mm-hmm. uh, honestly, it is, um, it's been just a symbiotic mutually beneficial relationship yeah i remember we made some promises to you and you know said that we were gonna make things better and i think we try to work every day to you know hold up to that end of the bargain and there's a lot going on at muni now not only with the men's league but with lcc i I saw you there yesterday we had a a scrimmage going on and you know there's always a lot going on but it's a it's a really special park and it's a beautiful field and you know the the stars have done quite a bit of work there to to continue to improve it because like anything it just takes work to to make things better and 
um, where that relationship started and all the things that we've been able to see just with the Muni stuff has been, you know, incredible on our side. And I know it's been really good on your side too. So yeah, absolutely. So certainly a large thank you for, for not only listening to people like Ronnie, but listening to us and, you know, being willing to, to bet on us a little bit, you know, and, and another interesting segue off of that is the KCS angels. Oh yeah. You know, oh the places we have gone already in a short <laughs> amount of time. Tracy and Polly will actually be on here very soon on on my podcast. Oh, nice. I, I'm ecstatic about that. I'm really looking forward to it. But you were responsible for that connection too, in just the kind of the wildest way. But I, not all of our listeners know about the KCS Angels yet, but they they will. And can do, do you remember? Um, me standing in your office and, and talking and then pretty the next thing I know um, you're introducing me to to Tracy do, do you remember that uh, I do. segue I do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah I can do that um, so well let me how about if I start with saying what KCS Angels is yeah. um, so you know on paper it's a respite center for adults with disabilities I, respite center is a fancy word for it's a social club yeah. It, it is a place for adults with disabilities to come, to hang out. Um, they'll do crafts. They'll play in the gym. They'll play games. They do a dance class. Um, they'll have cookouts. Um, they watch movies. They make popcorn on Fridays, which is one of my favorite days. There's another reason why Fridays are my favorite mm-hmm. day. We'll get yep. to that. Um, and, and it is... They are just so indoctrinated into the Geyer Community Center that it's not uncommon for an angel to come up to my office and just say, hey, um, or to stop me in the hallway to get a hug. Mm -hmm. Uh, On my worst days, I can go down and hang out with the angels, tell a couple of dad jokes, and it reminds me of just all the good. Perspective. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you were actually the one when you saw what was going on. Um, and, um, you know, the groups that were hanging out and you asked me, what do you think Tracy would feel Mm -hmm. about if some of our baseball players came on a particular day and just hung out? And I said, it'd be amazing. Now you and I did not realize at the time what that would become, you know, as a result. So, yeah. Not at all, but but that whole connection piece is it started with you and I, and then it it grown into the KCS side of it, which is an incredible story in just itself. And I'm sure Tracy and Polly and I will kind of talk about that a little bit when they're in here. Yeah. But do you sometimes look at it? I know I catch myself when I go over there sometimes, and I'm just I stand back and I'll I'll watch when the the team's in there or. You know, I caught myself at the College World Series when Paulie's throwing out the first pitch of game one. It's just, it's incredible. Do you find that too, where you're just watching it? I'm so humbled by just that whole relationship, you know, because I can look at it from a perspective and say, as a coach, you could mandate. This is part of community service. This is part of being a, you know, a servant athlete, um, as you put it Mm -hmm. um, at one point. Uh, but it's grown to so much more. You know, the kids that are coming um, are there. They're having fun. They could be playing Uno. They could be shooting hoops. They could be kicking a soccer ball. They could be playing ping pong, pool. And, and they're just yeah. hanging out. And it's, uh, you know, inclusion isn't the right word. 
Um, for me, the philosophy is anybody who has a disability, they don't want to be known for the disability. They just wanted to be treated normal like everybody else. And your players um, are doing that in spades. You know, so what has evolved is its own, it's got its own energy, you know, piece. And these guys aren't coming because you're mandating them to. Right. They're coming because they look forward to it. And I can tell you just from watching from afar and being a part of it as well, uh, it is a day that the angels look forward to always. You got several that are just waiting by the door. Some will even come and meet the players in the parking lot. Um, you know who they are. Uh, and I've always said to myself after watching the different things, whether it's Polly, whether it's um, Charlie Ann, whether whether it's who's hanging side by side, you know, with a ball player. Um, I tell your players, um, you're helping to make a day different for somebody and it's changing their lives. But in my opinion, it's also changing your ball players' lives. Yeah, I, I agree. We were supposed to, we, we typically go on Fridays and I know when we were gone this summer, when the, when the boys went back to their homes and we weren't able to be there this summer, at least not very many of them. It was a, a large gap, not only on the, you know, on our end, but on the other end too, where people were just missing each other. And yep. I know uh, this past Friday we, we had games, so we weren't able to make it. And I was uh, talking with Tracy and she's sharing the word to everybody and they're, they're wishing us luck. And, you know, of course there's some disappointment there that, that, you know, we're not going to be there, but it is, it's a really incredible relationship. And, and there's a lot of incredible things that are going on at the Geyer Center beyond, you know, basketball and things like that. There's just some really good, good stuff. Well, I don't know if you knew this, but they were watching the game cast while you guys were in the World Series. I'm not I'm surprised. Well. Yeah, I'm not and, surprised and at all. Updates were getting yeah. sent around the building, yeah. you know, yeah. throughout, <laughs> throughout I, each game day. I'm, I'm not surprised. It's incredible. Why is right? Why is Friday's your favorite? Um, Friday is my favorite one because they make popcorn, the popcorn because they typically watch a movie in the afternoon Two, um, when your players come in, there is just okay. a huge, and it's not like there's not a good energy already going on there. It's sure. just, it's a special day and it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch your players treat Polly like the little brother they never had. And Polly, I, you know, this is his side of heaven. I truly, um, he sees you guys. That's my boys. That mm -hmm. is my boys. And there's, yeah. you, you can't, you can't fake that kind of a, um, uh, expression. Yeah. Uh, so you, I've uh, seen you ride a motorcycle a little bit. I did. Uh, how long, how long you uh, been riding motorcycles? <laughs> Probably about five, six years. I would okay. have done it sooner. My wife had always told me you can get a motorcycle. You just can't take it out of the driveway. <laughs> How'd that work? <laughs> he yeah. told me that. <laughs> so, so what it took was her brother asking me to take the Harley safety course. And she says, Oh, yes. that'll be fun for you. And he did. Then he went and bought a motorcycle, not the one that he wanted. It's the one I would have picked. So he sold it to me and got his Harley and yeah, I'm going out of the driveway, hon. <laughs> I completely underestimated the value of wind therapy. Okay. What's that mean? That means, you know, when it's really stressful and I get an opportunity to just go out on the motorcycle and it's just me, um, especially in the fall when the colors are changing, you go out back country roads, windy roads, 
and you're I'm just able to unload um, and I come back more peaceful yeah. I I find that with like on a mower ah. so, <laughs> that muni <laughs> which uh, I'll be doing tomorrow morning so yeah, yeah. yeah just really appreciate everything I, I appreciate our relationship and and how much it's evolved and really a short time it feels like a super long time and I appreciate you guys being on here and um until next time, thank you to all of our listeners and, and for joining me today in the WLNZ studios. Go Stars. Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com and donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time. Connecting you with Lansing Community College. This is LCC Connect. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in November to the Lansing Community College Black Box Theater, playwright Kate Hamill's playful new adaptation of Jane Austen's beloved novel, Sense and Sensibility. It follows the fortunes and misfortunes of the Dashwood sisters after their father's sudden death leaves them financially destitute and socially vulnerable showing November 10th through the 19th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash show info. I'm not a numbers person. I couldn't do math the old way. Now there's a new way. Have you ever thought like this when it comes to your kid in math? You're not alone. With kids more than half a grade level behind in math because of COVID, now is a time parents need to jump in and be part of the equation. And you don't need to be a math whiz to help. Visit BePartOfTheEquation.org to check whether your kid is on track with math. Find tips, videos, and more at BePartOfTheEquation.org today. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. Students may apply for scholarships November 1st through January 31st. Learn more at lcc.edu slash scholarships. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. This is Bob Myers from the Historical Society of Michigan with a Michigan History Moment. It was the morning of July 17, 1812, and the U.S. Army garrison at Fort Mackinac was staring into the muzzles of British cannon. The British had built Fort Mackinac on Mackinac Island in 1780 and 1781, after the British commander, Lieutenant Governor Patrick Sinclair, decided that the old French fort on the mainland was indefensible. He ordered the mainland fort abandoned, and a new fort built on Mackinac Island. Fort Mackinac stood atop the island's 150-foot-high limestone bluffs overlooking the Straits of Mackinac. 
The new fort was impregnable from the harbor below the bluffs, but it had a fatal flaw. The higher ground behind the fort would allow an attacking army to gain a commanding position from the rear. The U.S. Army came to occupy Fort Mackinac in 1796. Soon after the outbreak of the War of 1812, Captain Charles Roberts led a force of 200 British troops, voyageurs, and Native American allies against Fort Mackinac. The American commander, Lieutenant Porter Hanks, was unaware that war had broken out between the United States and Great Britain. Captain Roberts took his force by water to the north side of Mackinac Island, where they disembarked at a site still known as the British Landing. They hauled two small cannon to the high ground overlooking the fort. On the morning of July 17, 1812, Roberts fired a cannon round to announce his presence to the surprised American garrison. Lieutenant Hanks met Roberts under a flag of truce. The British commander informed his American counterpart that a state of war existed and that Hanks was outnumbered. After Roberts demanded the fort's surrender, the Americans gave up without a fight. The British paroled the American garrison and Hanks departed for the American post at Detroit. The United States attempted to retake Fort Mackinac in 1814. A force of 700 American troops attacked it in July, but the British repulsed the assault. It was not until 1815 that the Stars and Stripes again waved over Fort Mackinac. Today, Fort Mackinac is part of the Mackinac Island State Park Commission. As one of the few surviving American Revolutionary War forts, it is a popular heritage tourist destination for people all over the world. This Michigan History Moment was brought to you by MichiganHistoryMagazine.org. This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. For service members ready to make their transition into a civilian career, Lansing Community College helps veterans navigate their educational path with the option to earn college credits for military experience in related fields, personalized support from confidential counseling to help find VA benefits, and fast-track programs in information technology and medical specialties. To find out how, visit lcc.edu and search military credit. Hi, I'm E.J. Williams. Each year, millions of animals are abandoned, and more than a million are euthanized before they can be rescued. Organizations like American Humane are working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, as animals can be trained as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help veterans, the elderly, and children with special needs to overcome the obstacles of everyday life. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, please visit AmericanHumane.org. We don't want to take your picture, we want to give it to you for free. LCC's President's Office in the Photography Department presents Help Portrait. Get a professional headshot or family photo Saturday, December 2nd in the Gannon Commons on LCC's downtown campus. Learn more and register at lcc.edu and search portrait. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's Britney Beat Podcast, a show where you and I go on a journey and break down subjects that most of us want to talk about, listen to, or even want to be a part of. I am your fun, pretty loving host, Britney, 
And today we are having part two of our interview with World Pennywell. So sit back, relax, and let's chat. Okay, so we went through pretty much the biography, the history of World Pennywell. Now, let's talk about your music journey. You've been working with music for a minute now. I'm assuming since you were young. Would you say that music was like a good solid source of like comfort for you? Especially with like the lifestyle you were living? Um, I would say more so listening to music uh, was more comforting for me than anything, you know. Because um, music really talked to you. It's really, you know, it can... It can really trigger your emotions and stuff like that when you really got a good artist or whatnot. So I would say I always love music. Like I, I watched the um, biographies of all the artists, Celine Dion, Richie Valentine's, Five Heartbeats, Temptations. I go all, can go all day with those. But um, I really love music. Like I always I could hear music in my, you know, in my head and stuff like that, like little beats and stuff. And that's one of the reasons I would freestyle. But like I said, I never thought it was like a career path. It wasn't in, until um, the pandemic happened and we were stuck in the house. You know, this is um, when I decided, like, I'm going to pursue music. So I never recorded. I never did anything but, you know, wrote raps, wrote poems in my book while I was in my cell and uh, freestyle. I never, like, really pursued music. I never went to a real studio. I never, like, recorded anything. Oh, wow. So during the pandemic, about three and a half years ago, I decided to go to Guitar City and just buy everything because now I have, you know, a little bit of, you know, change. I can afford to get my own equipment. So I'm like, I'm just going, you know, build a room in my in my house and, you know, make it into a studio. So that's what I did. So then that's when I started writing music and actually pursuing it as a career, you know. And it was more so for my entertainment company, you know, Paper in My Pocket Entertainment, which, you know, has movies, podcasts and music all tied into one thing. So the big thing being the movies, but the music was like the jump start because I was stuck in the house. So it was like for a whole year, I would just every day go in the studio and just make music, make music, make music. And then when they opened us up, I started going in and, you know, finding producers and auto en uh, engineers to come through and, you know, fix it up and everything and make it, make it sound good. Nice. Yeah. So music was the pretty much the catalyst of opening Paper in My Pocket Entertainment, which is Pimp ENT. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Pimp ENT. So seems like you definitely accumulated a lot of knowledge, uh, you know, through the streets and through school and through music. When did you start getting into acting? So um, when I first came home from prison, um, you know, because I had my little muscles and stuff. I yeah. was uh, in, in best shape, you know, because didn't do nothing but work out all day. So uh, when I came home, I started doing personal training. And a lot of people kept saying, like, hey, you look like a model. Like, you should model. You should, you know, take some pictures. You should do that. So, I, you know, at first I was just like, man, that's you know, some pretty boy stuff. I ain't really trying to do no <laughs> model, you know. So I ain't really, like, you know, wasn't really interested in it. But I kept hearing it enough. So I was just like. Let me go, you know, see some. So when I first got out of prison, I was staying in a trailer in Port Huron. And um, right directly across the street was Ghani Vision Production. At this time, I didn't know who Ghani was. So I just seen Ghani Vision Production. I seen the little camera and I'm like, oh, let me go, you know, knock on the door and see what's up. So, I, you know, I went over there and knocked on his door and, you know, 
we basically, you know, became cool, you know what I mean, over time, you know, we just, so he started taking modeling pictures, doing modeling cards, and I started going on casting calls and stuff. I was doing that during college because all my electives in college was all acting. Improv 101, Improv 102, Acting 1, Acting 2, Theater, Theater History, um, you know, Creative Writing. So I was always interested in being an actor. Like, I used to mimic anything. I watched karate movies, you know, chop my sisters down and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Whoever came through the door, you know, just, you know, it just became the movie I watched. Yeah. Know, it came to life. Yeah. Me. So, yeah. Um, Shout out to Ghani Vision, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how that's how it you know that's how the acting and and modeling stuff started. It just started through like me just basically going to the paper and like oh this audition or looking online. So I got hooked up with a few talent companies and then they would call me from time to time for audition, but I ain't never getting nothing. I I didn't understand acting. You know what I mean? Is acting is more like embodying an emotion or a feeling or that person. Like you become that person. You have to understand that person's feelings, they, you know, their moods and like what what that character is going through and what that character is feeling and what you want to display to your audience. So it's like I just was reading lines like, oh, I can remember this stuff so quick because I'm smart, you know, so I can just remember the lines. So I just go in there, blah, 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 say my lines real quick. And I, I thought that would impress them because I didn't need no paper and I wasn't reading from no script. So I, I had a I never had no formal coaching. So I, I went to Gordon Michaels Coaching Academy. Um, I want to say it was in like Novi or Brownstown. It was, it was somewhere like in the Plymouth, Novi area. But um, Gordon Michaels is who actually start teaching me acting skills, private lessons, one-on-one. I did that for like two and a half years. So um, after that, like I said, you know, I continued working and hustling and doing what I was doing and going to school. So music kind of got away from me. Acting kind of got away from me until the pandemic came. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you mean when you say the comprehension in that sense. Sometimes it gets scary trying to go into being that character too, depending on what you're playing and whatnot. Right. So you've done pretty much everything, mastering your acting. Now you don't master acting. Now you know that, you know, yeah. acting is a one of those things like being a doctor. You got to constantly go to school because it's always a new disease and a new medicine that you got to learn about. So acting's the same way because, like, I don't think no person holds all the emotions inside of them, like every different one, anger, sad, mad, at all times. So it's like some people actually have to go outside of their body, and it's a learning process. So being around people like, you know, you as a character, when um, I was around you and the other characters from the port when we were shooting the movie, like me seeing them bring their character lie, you know, taught me more stuff too, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting game from everywhere I go. If I'm in here, I'm watching him mess with the board. If I'm with you, I'm watching you, how you doing your hosting. I'm, I'm, I'm calculating all this information and seeing if I can apply it to anything in my life. Always learning. Yeah. That's, yes, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So you are also, let's add this to the list, ladies and gentlemen, executive producer of the movie The Port. So yes. now you're applying your acting to a movie that's with Ghani Vision. Tell us about that. It was a real blessing, to be honest. Uh, um, me and Ghani, he does all my media, all my photography, all my background, 
anything you see on any of my social media sites come from Ghani. Like that's that's my man. He gonna be with me to the end when it comes to this this type of entertainment. So he is the writer and the director of the movie The Port. So because you know we're doing music videos and you know I was around a lot, you know you know he expressed that to me about it. I'm like man, I want to be a part of that too. And he was like, bet you know I'm gonna I write you a character in. So um, we started like two years ago with the you know production of the movie The Port. And um, we just now, you know, are starting to wrap things up and put the final touches on it. Should be, you know, coming coming out soon. Yeah, that'll yeah. be exciting. I can't wait to see that. Now, tell us about the role that you're playing. Can we get a little bit of like a hint, or can we? Do we have to keep it a little bit of a secret? Well, um, for the most part, you know, I probably should ask the director what I can and can I say to be safe, but not to give up too much and keep a little suspense so that, you know, people would actually go and watch it. I basically kind of play myself. Like, my personality and my character in it is pretty similar to uh, real life. Not the actual person, but, you know, the personality. Like, you know, the character I had to become. So it's uh, basically a mafia family, and um, I'm one of the sons by the estranged woman, you know, the, the woman on the side. So I basically become a partner in this business and you know how I go and uh, in these type of movies, they they spin, twist and turn, they give you everything you want from drama to murder to, you know, suspense and whatever you need, it's gonna give you that fix. I can almost guarantee that. So y'all make sure y'all look out for that. Sounds like it's gonna be a really good movie. So yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Now, with everything that you've done, I can't even imagine that you have like a personal life outside of what you do, but do you have a personal life outside of everything? And if you do, what's it like? I mean, yeah, I mean, artists and, you know, actors, they all got families, you know, we got kids, families, um, you know, we got normal everyday stuff, just like anybody else. It's just that we have like a third and fourth gear. So it's like, we don't really get content with, you know, stuff that, you know, a lot of people would, you know, just having a good job and, you know, family got food on the table and, a, you know, roof over your head and clothes on your back. A lot of people settle for that as, you know, getting by. So it's like certain people want to, you know, they feel like they have to like be up 20 hours a day to accomplish like their visions in their brain and like what they want to manifest out their life so and for me I got to work extra hard because I already got them them strikes on me from when I was 18 so you know they don't they don't come off you so you gotta like I gotta do extra work you know to to even get a shot and with you constantly learning getting all the degrees and stuff I mean it seems like you're doing a great job how do you how do you balance that I mean it's a you know it's just one of those things where you just so what I do is this, like every year I try to learn something new. This year I'm trying to learn how to, you know, make beats for, for the music part of my business. And then like as an actor, you know, part of, I wanted to be executive producer, you know, I wanted to be a part of it, you know, help out with it, have, you know, a small say-so in the film. So it's like everything that I'm already doing, I'm just trying to find ways to like better that or increase that or make that, you know, more prosperous. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So the ladies are going to watch this. They're going to see that you are a very handsome, attractive man. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Are you currently in a relationship? And if you are, how do you balance that? Well, I don't really believe in like traditional relationships. So I'm not a traditional relationship type of guy, but I'm not in no relationship because I don't believe in relationship standards. Uh, I have my own standards that, you know, that I apply and they don't work for everybody. So, you know, I don't want to get nobody no, <laughs> no game they don't really deserve, you know, games to be sold, not told, but I don't, um, no, I don't really believe in traditional um, relationships or whatnot. Like, I'm like a 70s baby, I guess you would say. Like, I'm, like a, <laughs> I'm like a hippie in relationships. I, yeah. guess, you know. I, just, I just feel like you shouldn't really close yourself off to like limit yourself to like one person. So it's like if I'm vibing and bonding with you, like we're benefiting growing me and you. I can also do that same thing with with other women. Like, so there's not like, just because you only have a limited amount of resources and knowledge and benefits that you can bring to the table. If I got a table full of benefits and resources and stuff, you know, <laughs> then it's it's like a collective bargaining type thing for me. The way I would kind of put it, it's like, I'm not going to ever like stop myself to like, like I think love is kind of cliche, you know what I mean? So it's like you love basically people that do stuff for you, you know? So you That's love true. your mother and your father if you had a mother and a father because they take care of you, you know, put food on the table, you know, they take, you know, they're there to protect you. You know, you love your girl for the, basically the same reasons, you know, they go to work, you know, they, you know, they got your back, at least they supposed to. So it's like you, you're loving them for the benefits that they're applying. Just like if your mom or dad didn't love you or beat you or talk down to you or left you or abandoned you, you probably would have a bitter feeling. It's the same way relationships, your relationship, it don't work out. What happened? Be sad, feeling bad, yeah. <laughs> disappointed. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, that's because you put all your energy into one person. Yeah. And the energy, if they can't give it back, it's very, very rare that you find a soulmate. That's what I would tell you. I know. I'm starting to lose If I that. find one, I, you know, I go ahead and do, do, do what I got to do about it. You know, make sure I secure that, period. But it's very, very rare that you find someone of a like soul like yourself. Yeah. They don't just make a hundred Britneys, you know. They don't make a hundred world peas. It might be one that's compatible. Yeah, they society might need to stop with that soulmate thing. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, that is a good way to view it, because love makes me crazy. It At makes, least when it, I think it about makes everybody love. crazy. Yeah. Because we are doing it incorrectly. That's my motto. Like we're loving incorrectly. What so, do you mean by that? That's what I'm saying. Like you putting the energy into people. Like love got to be earned. That's like true. people come to the relationship and, you know, they get that, that poom poom put on them or they get that tang tang put on them. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. And then now their emotions are being channeled by the benefit. Yeah. Or the man or the woman bringing the bag to the table. So now that's the security. It's the benefit. So is your love really pure or is it situational? Right, because if it goes away, are you still going to be yeah, here? You know how it is. When I went to prison, I, they always gone. Yeah. Like all the young ladies that was, you know, world this, world that. They, no letters, no pictures. You know, I ain't come home to no parties or nothing, you know. So love changes if the situation changes. Yeah, I mean, think about it. My grandparents were married 32 years, got a divorce. Remarried for another 40 years. So it's like, you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can find love multiple times. 
But if he just closed himself off after that and just didn't, you know, look no more. But that means he had two soulmates, correct? Yeah. Because he spent 30 with one and another 40 with another. So that's basically like two soulmates. You gave 30 years of your life to a person that you connected with. And people evolve. They're always changing. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said traditional relationships don't work because as you growing and your mind growing and your desires and your if your man ain't growing, what happened? Now it's a distance. Yeah, then a person like me him. come in, doop, 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 doop. And next thing you know, now you got love drunk. You know, now you love's hurt. You know, you're sitting back feeling bad because now the relationship didn't work. Yeah. Because you was pouring into something that couldn't pour back into you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just really what it is with me. But there's there's soulmates out there. There's people that find they even yoke. It's rare because if you look around at your peers that's been married, a lot of them been divorced or they unhappy. Yep. So it's like, I can is, that really, is that really a win? No. You got married, but I got a divorce. You got married, but you're not happy. Is that really a win? No. Love don't win in those situations. No, it doesn't. Nah, they don't win in those situations. Definitely sounds one-sided. I know for myself, I'll look at other people and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not in a relationship. Then I look at my own marriage and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I left. So it, it's very discouraging when you see that it's it turns out to be that way. Because mm -hmm. love is... My mother and father, they were married, not together, but my mother eventually found her a man and got married, and so did my father, found him a woman and got married, but they both ended in divorce as well. You know, So maybe that may have something to do with my psyche as well as the ism that I you know hold tight to me might have something to do with it. Not to mention... I do know sociology and psychology, so I kind of know how to read, read people. And it's like people are never who they actually say they are. They're never this blunt. They're scared. They're afraid. Their emotions. They're worried about what people think about them. So you're not really getting a real version of a person. It takes a long time, about a year, year and a half, to really knock down some of those walls on most people. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's nerve wracking yeah. thinking about it that way. Oh. Whoa, that was a whole new insight on love that I, I never even thought of, I even thought of. I mean, I didn't know I was going to say it. It just, you know, the question led me there. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to be walking out having a new perspective on life. Like, you know what? I could have more than one soulmate because you only think that there's only one. You find that person and that's it. It's like, oh, OK. Now, with today's world. How do you feel as a man in today's world? My previous episode, I talked about how modern day feminism is like, I personally believe ruining America and ruining the the masculine of a man. Do you side with some of the things Western I mean, feminism says? I, I mean, the best I could say, I agree with you. Like, I, I think it's, it's way too much. You know, mm -hmm. there has to be boundaries and there's hierarchies like a woman can still be the head of her household and still be a boss you know and still get a bag and all that you know and still you know be a lady at the same time like it doesn't Absolutely. you don't have to separate it you know you could take care of your kids cook clean take care of your man and you know go to the office and take care of businesses it shouldn't be separated and women shouldn't try to be a man and a man should try to be a woman like we are what god made us so we are who we are and if you're a woman you know there's certain things, you know, it's the reason why you was able to give birth, you know, for the nurturing side of you. You know, it's not something that was given to a man. So to be able to take care of a kid, you got to cook, you got to clean. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. these are just common things 
that I think, you know, are being lax, you know, daycare and, you know, other people are raising the kids nowadays, I know that's you know, right. when I was, when I was younger, all the kids went to the aunties or the grandma house or the next door neighbors, but we was all with family cause they was family too. It wasn't, you know, people wasn't separated. Mom and dad wasn't gone all day. And now the economy calls for that. You both have to go to work and get yes. some money or one person got to have the skills to get to the bag. Mm-hmm. If one person can't get to the bag by themselves, it has to become a team effort. It's just really that simple. So, but that doesn't mean you lose the traditional values of man and woman. Yeah. And I feel like we are losing that a mm-hmm. lot. I like masculine men. I think like, look, you're the man of the household. I'll take care of the kids. Yep. Still go to work if, you know, if needed, but you know, it's changing the dynamic of how I feel like even kids are being raised. Boys are being viewed as men are not anything. And then women, you know, girls are viewed like I can do anything in this world. But if a man does, or if a boy does that, like my daughter has a girl empowerment group in her school, but there's no boy empowerment like in the school. Mm. So it's like how, how do how do you have that mind frame to grow as a boy into a man if you don't even have that kind of support? Well, I mean, if you look back on history, at one point in time, there was a big gap. You know, there was a big gap between men and women, but that gap has been closed. And now it's starting to, like, morph it to, like, you know, eating men up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To the point where men are even, a, you know, they have to hold their tongue. They can't speak. They can't say what they want to say because, you know, social media or, you know, their peers are cut them down because it's a woman's world now. It's no longer yeah. a man's world, you know? No, man, James Brown would be disappointed he in that, sure man. Would be. He'd be like, what? So, it's, oh. There are women that are men at their house, so I want to make sure I make that clear. You know, like my mother, she was a single-parent mother, there wasn't a man there. So until I became a man and I had the knowledge and the skills to be a man, then, you know, I can't run that household. You know, she had to be the man, the protector, the provider, you know, and do the things. My mom fixed stuff. She cooked food, went to work, worked three jobs. Like, so I ain't, I ain't got no excuse for no, for no woman, you know, not in today's society. Cause I watched my mother do everything and she did it well with pride. You know what I mean? So, she she didn't complain much about about it, you know. She got up, worked three jobs, came home, cooked full meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, cleaned the house, went grocery shopping, paid all the bills, went to school, argued with the principal for me. Like she was the man of the house. And so you so, learned a lot from her, yeah. based off what you were just saying. You were just mentioning that about yourself. Yeah. So if my mom, if that if I expect that from her and she was able to do that and accomplish that, that's the same thing, you know, I look at like she was the man of her house. So every household is set up differently, but just coming in the household like, you know, the woman is the man of the house, like that don't that don't work like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. In my opinion. Make sure I make that clear. <laughs> now, do you have any future projects coming up? Yes, I do. Um I just dropped a video, um, A Little Understanding. It's on all social media platforms and YouTube. And um, I got an album called, um, I think I'm going to go with Macalicious. Or, <laughs> or, or, you know, I might go with Pimps and Dancing Hyenas. I got a few names. I'm still, oh, those are two good ones. Yeah, I'm, like still, I'm, still juggling, I'm still juggling them around a little bit, but I'm hoping to drop it in the spring. 
Okay. So that's a new project. And then the port, which we working on that, that should be dropping very soon. I, I want everybody wait. to go check that out. But um, if anybody want to check any of my stuff out, World Pennywell on all social media sites. It's Will Pennywell Jr. on Facebook. And uh, WorldPennywell.com, my website. Y'all can get free music. And um, hopefully um, you'll be able to find the port on, on your favorite streaming site soon, you know. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Well, World, it has been such an honor for you to be on the show. You are a very, very spectacular human being. With, all, with everything that you've gone through, it's, it's very inspirational. Very inspirational. And, and I can't wait to see how far you're going to go. And I think it's going to be very far. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That was another episode of It's Britney B Podcast, a show where you and I go on a journey and talk about things that, you know, most people want to talk about. And now people coming in and talking. I'm your host, Brittany, and thank you. Have a great day. Connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Engaged learning and academic success is a priority at Lansing Community College. To help students navigate their educational career, LCC has created a proactive approach to learning and providing students with several academic support services. To find out what's available, visit lcc.edu services. We don't want to take your picture. We want to give it to you for free. LCC's President's Office in the Photography Department presents Help Portrait. Get a professional headshot or family photo Saturday, December 2nd in the Gannon Commons on LCC's downtown campus. Learn more and register at lcc.edu and search Portrait. The Adult Enrichment Program at LCC offers classes in watercolor, creative welding, motorcycle safety, photography, and more. All classes are non-credit. Information about the Adult Enrichment Center is available at lcc.edu slash keeplearning. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to Community Combos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. Hello, welcome to The Convo. I'm Cassie Little and I am back to talk about some upcoming LCC performing arts events. And with me once again is Paige Tufford, our performing arts production coordinator. Welcome back, Paige. Hi, Cassie. Hello. So Sense and Sensibility is the next show. It is. It's coming up uh, in November and it's directed by Mary Job, theater faculty here. And it's the classic Jane Austen with a little bit of a twist. A little bit of a twist. So I'm ashamed to say I've never read or seen Sense and Sensibility. What? I know, I know. (laughs) I've seen clips, you know, for forever. I've heard, I I know about it. But Mm -hmm. so for me and others, can you give us a little rundown of Sense and Sensibility? 
Well, it is um, one of Jane Austen's first published novels. It was written over 200 years ago, and it has withstood the test of time in film (laughs) and on stage. And it's basically about two sisters, the Dashwood sisters, Marianne and Eleanor, and their trials and tribulations with love and society and family and timeless. It is timeless. (laughs) Yes. And this version is by Kate Hamill. Um, So it's, like you said, a little bit of a twist on stage. It is. Um, I don't want to, you know, give any spoiler alerts, (laughs) but the director uh, says it's not your grandmother's Jane Austen. So I like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's not dusty at all. It's fresh and fun. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. And this, once again, is in the Black Box Theater. Um, Is there, I know we mentioned last time, the production Isaac's Eye had all students involved. Do you Mm -hmm. know if this one is students, community members? It's all students. We even have a couple of uh, high school students. Oh, wow. Who auditioned and... um, yeah, yeah, all students. So we're excited about that. Definitely. Um, and again, the production quality, costumes, acting is always great. So make sure to come check it out. Um, I'm excited to see the costumes in this because even though I haven't read or, or you know, seen versions of this, I know that the costumes are always great. Oh, Shelly Peterson does a fantastic job. She's our costume designer. Awesome. So Sense and Sensibility is coming up. It is running November 10th through the 12th. And November 17th through the 19th, and that is on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Um, you can find the full show info, including dates, times, tickets, show information at lcc.edu slash show info, and that will be in the Black Box Theater. Anything else you want to cover about Sense and Sensibility? Well, uh, we have two entrances that patrons can enter the building. Uh, There's free parking in the Ganning parking ramp on the first level. Those doors will be unlocked. And then the other entrance on Grand, right underneath the Black Box Theater marquee, uh, that will also be unlocked. So Free parking on the street in the evenings. I know there's been some construction, but just give yourself some extra time to make sure you find parking and the entrances, and then you can settle in for a great show. All right. So Sense and Sensibility, once again, coming up at LCC in the Black Box. And we will probably have Paige back on the convo to talk about the next show that will be in 2024, along with some other upcoming productions from the classes uh, to close out this fall semester. Thank you for joining us on the convo page, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org.
If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.